Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, sat in, well, what is a rather luxurious chair, next to my dear friend Phil. Hello, Jonathan. And my good friend Tim Cocker, down the line. How are you, mates? Dear to good. All right, fine. No worries. <laughs> Not offended. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you doing? Yes, good. How is, how, is that shi- how is that shipping container? Have you had a refit of it yet? Have you got a nice, nice comfy chair? Yeah, I've, I, because you won't get a third uh, decadent chair for the Rugby Dungeon, <laughs> I've got myself one for the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container. I am reclined as we speak, and I am in an airtight container away from your alcohol-filled breath, yeah. which leads me on to how was Prague? <sighs> well, here's the thing. If you're ever thinking of going, or you have a loved one who's going to go, do not let them go. I, I, <laughs> I, it's, it's just, I don't, did not like it. I did not enjoy it at all. Well, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed being with people. Put it this way, Tim. I will now tell you a story after Phil tells you uh, how he enjoyed it, so you get a bit more of a balanced opinion. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did my first time in Prague. I thought parts of the city, visually, architecturally, are absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had brilliant weekends with some brilliant people. I think we spent a bit too much time inside Irish bars to, to get a feel of the proper well, city. to be honest, Irish bars are preferable to what happened to me. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I managed to get... So I was in a bar, Tim, in, uh, in Prague. It was just me me and the stag and maybe one other guy. We'd kind of got, got off on a splendid group. And the stag is not the sort of guy who gets Larry. He's not... He's just not a guy. If he gets drunk, he gets sleepy drunk, and that's it. Yeah. And that's what happens, he got sleepy drunk. And I didn't, well, it wasn't even where he was still there. Saw him in the corner of my eye, been spoken to by one of the bouncers. So I, I popped up and said, uh, "Right, um, do you want him out? Shall we? Shall we go?" And he said, "Yeah, you got to go. I'm head bouncer. You got to go now." So we turned, walked away, and as we walked away, he rugby tackled us, and then his what? mates dived in. So what? We, yeah, we got an absolute pasting on um, on the floor. So I had to go like, cover my head, so on and so forth. I then got up, got out of the building, thought, "Oh my god, I've just le- le- left the stag in there with those animals, and they are animals." I mean. You know, these, these, these are vile, disgusting people. Um, 
So I, I get out of there and I'm like, right, okay. I think I can probably reason the stag out without him being too badly beaten up because the way they were, the way they were trying to hurt me by stamping on me and all uh, and all that sort of stuff. I thought, well, he's in for a right hiding here. Uh, Goes the door and asked, lads, come on, we don't need to do this. Can we just have the stag back and we'll we'll never see each other again? That's fine. One guy spat in my face and the other guy pepper sprayed me. <laughs> what? Yeah, and I'll pepper spray. At least it's off the list now. You've done it. Yeah. So just What's it hit, like? I've ne- what's it like? It is horrendous. <laughs> it is horrendous, right? And it oh got my God. right into the corner of my eye. It wasn't just like kind of around the eye area. It was directly to the eyeball, which was really painful. After about two and a half minutes, I sort of came around like, of blindness. I was like, oh, right, need to go and get my jacket. So this is a, this is an interesting one. Right, gents, I know you pepper sprayed me. I know you beat up the stag. And I, I swear to God I'm going to go, please can have my jackets. And unbelievably... We got our jackets. <laughs> um, uh, I was then pickpocketed, so uh, I've lost about two hundred quid and about five bank cards. Yeah, 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 good. I'm tapping my nose at this point as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm no, no, no. By the sounds of it, I could believe anything. Yeah. Jeez. Um, two of the lads who got taxis home uh, were asked to put numbers into you know, um, card machines in the cabs. One was done for four hundred quid. Another one was done for two hundred quid. Um, oh yeah, like the culture out there sucks, quite, quite, quite frankly, especially like the late night culture. It's a violent, nasty place. But a nice church, bloody beautiful church. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got spires, which are great. But if you can't see them because you've been pepper sprayed, difficult, <laughs> difficult. But anyway, uh, good, good. For, this is not a joke. As the spray was hitting my eye, I was thinking this is going to make a cracking story. <laughs> And you were right on that, Jay. Yeah. So there you go. That's what we did. Wow. I warned you. <laughs> so, Tim, has there been yeah. some rug- has there been some rugby happening? Yeah, what, yeah. So away? while you were off uh, on that on that stag, I was working at uh, Gloucester and at Exeter, two outstanding games of rugby, which I think. Uh, just an outstanding weekend of rugby. Whichever league you look at, well, I mean, look across to the Pro 14 firstly. Oh, Connacht qualifying for the playoffs and for Champions Cup. All four Irish provinces will be in the Champions Cup next year, which is uh, an amazing achievement. Yes. Connacht mm. beat, uh, beat Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff will feel very hard done by with that TMO decision that didn't go their way. Um, quite a controversial one. I mean, I've watched the video a bunch of times. I don't. I still don't know how they didn't decide that the Cardiff left winger didn't score in the corner but um i'm delighted for cardiff and jack carty the the, the fly half is the inform irish fly half he's Ooh. absolutely bossing it so you reckon uh world cup stars here over sexton sexton oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sexton <laughs> good uh and um and what else happened in the pro 14 the other, it'll be, oh yeah your boys phil yeah ulster big win away at edinburgh really yeah. important win away at edinburgh i've seen the the balacoon and the little try but you're not meant to be very good. I don't know how, how this happened. Uh, well, we're just... Ulster are just building our hopes up until they smash, uh, smash them on rocks in a few weeks' time yes. in the playoffs. Well, it looks like we might not even get to the playoffs. Benazon suffered, suffered a loss. But with Edinburgh also losing... Uh, work. But Scarlet's won, big win. So it's very, very tight in pool, Conference B. There's two points separating Treviso in third, so Scarlet's in fifth. Yeah, but yeah. you you are so, right, Tim. There were some absolute bangers this week. Uh, amazing. I thought the the I thought the Bath Gloucester game looked bloody intense. 
the, the Leicester game was awesome. The, the finish to the Leicester game was pretty brutal. Uh, uh, well, the whole thing, I mean, it's just like, it, it was sort of like four seasons, four seasons of, of rugby in one game. Like, you saw the absolute stupidity of both teams. You saw the absolute brilliance which they're capable, capable of. You saw it all. I t- totally agree. And I can't wait to talk about it. But I just want to compliment you, JB, on your um, your Rugby Dungeon uh, podcast in in the wake of the uh, the Israel Falau story as and when it broke. I thought you brought, uh, you brought um, some rare nuance and some rare uh, and, and a lot of reason and respectful and sometimes disagreeing, but respectfully so uh, opinions. I thought you brought them together really well, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. It's a bit of a different format. We had listeners calling, which is completely, completely different. But the thing is, the people that follow us, I mean, like, they don't follow us because they hate, they hate our guts. They follow us because, you know, they quite like, you know, talking about rugby, so on and so forth. And on Twitter, it's just not really a good enough format in order to have, have these conversations. So I thought it was important that people get to, get to talk about this. And that's what it was, uh, really. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I, I thought, I thought the the guys that phoned in put across some very interesting uh, opinions on the matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing about Israel Falau is we all agree on about ninety nine percent of it. Ev- everyone, it's wrong. He shouldn't have done it. He has done it. And then where we start to diverge is, well, what do we do with him now? And I think that's that's basically the difference that everyone has. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're right. And unfortunately, uh, and you hit the nail on the head with with Twitter, for example. Um, as, as I've said, it, it, it's a cesspit. But on that one percent, if you if you ha- if you disagree from some orthodoxy or some consensus or at least some Twitter consensus or some bubble, if you if you disagree on the one percent, then you you get castigated as someone who's disagreeing on the hundred percent. And I just found that really uh, I found that really. Um, it's just like you say. It's not a place to. It's not a place to have a chat. No, you can't do it. You don't have enough characters. You can't put over a good argument unless you do a Twitter thread, and you don't want to be that guy. So, you know, it just it just doesn't work. But my basic thought on this is, and this sounds so sim- so simplistic, but you know, if you don't get on with someone, or you have different views. For instance, you and I Tim, might have different political views, right? Mm, the best thing, best thing for you and I to do when we have a beer is maybe talk about the things that we agree that, that we that we agree on. I think there's such a rush to highlight where everyone has differences and then push these differences more and more and more and then you get other players commenting and then you know, people want to know what they think and then there's a list of players who have said naughty things and before you know it, you know, they're using this as a wedge and the narrative at the moment is you know, rugby's got a, you know, a, a bit of a crisis. I couldn't think of any less of a crisis because even though you've got these unsavoury things which have been said... The response from the majority of players and the unions and everything else has been broadly right on the on on this subject. In fact, it shows me exactly what an inclusive game it is. You got yep. like Joe Marlow, uh, James Haskell. They are on the right side of the argument, and you know, in in some ways, if there's some good to come out of this, it is that we know exactly where we stand now with the majority of people in the game. Think- well, yeah, and I, I don't think we needed this uh, incident to to know that because Agreed. that is rugby, and so I could totally agree. With people that have sort of said rugby's got a problem, which was I think was one of the kind of narratives of a of a, of a lot of the stories over the weekend, a lot of the newspaper articles over the weekend. Rugby's got a real problem. No, rugby does not have a problem. Rugby is the is the solution. 
as it always has been, rugby is a, a melting pot where, God, I've played with, I'll play with bricklayers and high finance bankers on the same team. Exactly. I'll play with, with um, immigrants and natives. I've played with black and, and white or whatever and gay and straight. That's, that is rugby and that's what yeah, I love about you're it. You're there so. to focus. That's why you basically come together because you're focused on one thing. You've got one target to achieve. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just not. I, I guess it's just not a particularly uh, great, um, great thing to happen in the sport in general. I guess. Of course, yeah. It's yeah, you're right. And just as an update to the overall position, so uh, the ARU have made a statement to say that uh, they have notified him, notified Israel Falau of a most serious, uh, high, le- high level breach in the code of conduct. And they are effectively terminating his contract, subject to he's got 48 hours to appeal or, well, it is just appeal or request an appeal. So as I understand it as well, he said his faith is more important than his career. That is basically what he said now. He, he's, his statement is, I live for God now. So, he, and he says, uh, I love playing footy. And if it goes down that path, I will definitely miss, miss it. But my faith, faith in Jesus Christ is what comes first. Gee, oh. So he has made a very strong signal that he's aware of the consequences of his actions and I think was previously aware of the consequences of his actions when he put the tweet and uh, believes his faith and doing it for his faith. Putting that, that tweet out or that, that uh, Instagram picture for his faith was more important. Yeah, can I make a comment on um, pol- on Polynesian culture in general, please? Absolutely. Yeah, go on. So, when this sort of broke, I reached out to Dan Leo because I was like, I know you know people, uh, the, you know people on the islands take their culture, their, you know, their religion very, very seriously. Um, but I just, well, wanted- uh, Phil, you must have played with um, plenty of. Pacific Islanders. I know I yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few very good. A few. Tom, this, uh, this, is, this was Fijian. this was no surprise on, on in that sense in terms of what what the views they hold are. Yes. So this is really interesting, right? Because um, you know I didn't really appreciate it. So the conversation went something along these lines, which which was if if you if you're in a, in a village um, over there, and this is not to in any way defend it, but maybe it helps us just understand people of different, of different backgrounds and different communities, right? If you're, if, if you're over there, your main source, of, main source of information, right, is the church. Most people are tithed to, to the church. Yeah? That means they give 10% of their income. Now, you've got to be pretty invested to give 10% of your income. And if that's where most of your, most of your information is coming from, you know, you're going to have different views to, say, me, who's constant, continually on Twitter, now, people will respond to that, and they will say, well, Israel Folau grew up in Australia, Billy Van Polo grew up in Wales. And this is true, but you're still surrounded by people from, the, from those communities. You know, those are your support structures, those are the people you spend your time with. And I just think it's really important that we put it into perspective where these lads are coming from, what they give to the game, what they're like as, indi- what they're like as individuals. I mean, the Billy Van Polo stuff is interesting, because... He is a phenomenally nice man. By any measure, he is a good, good bloke. Ge- um, uh, generous with his time. Just, you know, a good guy. Uh, so I think it's, it's just important to remember where, like, where they come from and the differences. And the last thing that was said 
was it's taken these it's taken the islands about a hundred years to get 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 used to Christianity, but it never actually existed there before. It was rammed down their throats by by mercenaries, and now they sort of practice it as much as they do. The world's moved on, and you know the like these views which they were told to believe in for so long are just no longer cool like cool and trendy. So uh, yeah, that's that's just a, lo- a little bit of context. And from my point of view, I just wish we could find some way forward where we go. Yeah, we are different, but you know there must be there must be room in the game for people with strong religious beliefs and also and or, and also for gay people too. The problem I kind of have is that it, not with that. I, I I'm I'm with you. I understand what exactly what you're saying. But one of the issues I kind of have is that a lot of people will hear you say that and think you are legitimising um, hatred that they would put it and 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 this is kind of what i mean with there is there is a nuance here oh, so so on the on, on the israel about the falal thing i i disagree with his point of view um i don't i don't believe in god um i don't want to put anyone in a position where they feel um uh, upset hurt they can't be themselves or whatever and 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 so so i don't agree with that um i also it feel i also feel sorry for israel 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 fallout because he believes this stuff but in saying <laughs> i feel sorry for him or i feel compassion for him some people have accused me of being kind of for it in some way no no I, you know i think the thing which changed my mind on on all of this is i'm not religious outsiders but some of the best people that i know are religious yeah. and you think well you know maybe maybe it does work for people you know so just I guess you've just got to allow them to be who they are. And it, I would say the, both, the biggest difference... Both, I'm sorry to ways, jump sorry. in. The, the biggest kind of difference is, like, I, I've, I walked down Market Street a couple of weeks ago and there was someone on a loud hailer with a speaker next to them in the centre of Manchester um, reading an extract from Leviticus about <laughs> repenting. There are people that knock on my door and hand me leaflets <laughs> with stuff about needing to repent. Mm. And I, I throw it in the bin, I ignore them, I'll shut the door or whatever... Um, go. Difference being with Israel Falau, and I think this is where there's nuance. Is um, he got his social media profile off the back of being an international rugby player, and that's why it has to be taken more seriously than someone who knocks on your door. Because I'm not suddenly saying that someone in the in should be stopped from reading Leviticus in in Manchester High Street because it might offend people. I don't care. I'll just ignore them. And anyone saying it's, it might it might upset my kids and stuff. My kids get their values and stuff from me, and um, and so I wouldn't want to stop that. I, I prefer hearing what people really think. I'm 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 actually for more speech. When I hear hate speech, I want more speech or quote unquote hate speech. It's like David Lammy, the the Labour MP. I'm glad he was allowed to go on TV. And make and draw the comparison between someone that killed six million Jews and um, an, an, an elected politician with who he disagreed with. Because now I know exactly the kind of man David Lammy is. Um, mm. But as I say, the, the profile that Israel Falau has got is is what is different here and why it came uh, needed to be dealt with in in some way. Do I agree that he should have been sacked for it? Well, you know, I, I, I I'm okay with the ARU deciding that that's what they want to do as a private entity. I might have shown a little bit more compassion and and um, used it as an opportunity to try and help him, but you know I, I understand why people would disagree with that and why the ALU disagree with that. Yeah, I think uh, that's pretty, pretty much where I'm at. I, I'm Phil's been very quiet. I kind of I, I'm this genuinely is, this curious. This is not a Phil subject. <laughs> no. Well, it is to a degree because there is 
a contractual arrangement between two parties, the ARU and Israel yeah. Falau. There yeah. were conditions to that contract that he was yep. well aware of and has broken them on multiple times. And I, I listened to Raylene Castle's statement today where they've spoke. she's spoke, spoken about speaking to him and giving him multiple written and verbal warnings about it. And he's continued to yeah. do it. So I have no problem. What they yeah. say... So, there's, I think a few people have been trying to say that, or make out that the IOU are trying to stop Israel Falau from having this belief. No, and I don't, yeah, I don't believe. That's a, I think that's, that's a false, false yeah, argument. You're right. Exactly. I think I think that's wrong. But what has to happen is, if you make statements like this, there are consequences. You can you yep. can think whatever you want. You can also say whatever you want, but exactly as yep. you mentioned before, Tim, there are certain things that you say that there will be consequences. Falau was fully aware of those consequences and did it anyway. Here's a, yeah. here's a more interesting question for you. Is he going to play again? And For who? Great question. Because mm. he is one of the most valuable players in the world. He, yeah. is, he is unquestionably one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, there, there's a few people suggesting this might have been a ruse. No. This whole That's thing. That's what I heard. This, no, I'm not having that. No, no I'm, chance. So I'm, not, I'm also not having it. And I've, I've heard, right, so... Nah, rubbish. I've heard a rumour, which has gone around a lot, about him going to Toulon, and this was a convenient way to get out of his contract. Now, well, Montpellier have formed with a slightly different approach to this, don't they? <laughs> Is this, with um, your Newsom. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that now, because, like, if he said, yeah, I'm a soldier of God or whatever it is, off I go. Mm, probably just did this. But I'll tell you what, if he did do it for that move, no. this is the greatest troll of all time. I mean, like, it's <laughs> just a, di- a different level. But I wonder where, where he's going to play next. That's that's more important to me. And, and what sport? Because he's got rugby league, Well, AFL. NRL have said he can't play there. Really? Yeah. Ooh, wow. Salford City Reds? <laughs> Salford have had, would have him. Salford have well, him. Yeah, because let's be clear, World Rugby haven't got involved in this this is a as you say a contractual decision between it, this is a this is a business decision ultimately it, yes, and uh, correct. You know, yeah cold hard and, and that's, that's not to demean what the ARU are doing that's just being factual about it as you say Phil mm. um this this cuz cuz he hasn't broken a law he hasn't um ups, he, he hasn't done anything which world rugby have felt they need to step in and and stop him from doing uh, you know playing rugby full stop so it's interesting what one one thing I, I will just say that sort of bubbled around this is um, and as I say, I have a le- an element of compassion for him because, as you say, the wor- when you hear him say the words he's saying, he is literally wherever he is sat right now. People said he was being hateful, and yes, that is kind of offences taken, not given. I don't think he, I, he genuinely one hundred percent believes what he's saying. I yeah. would say it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, he he wants to help people. Is he that, wants, that's the way he, I'm reading yeah. him doing this? Yes. Exactly, and so that's what that's what I would say. I wish there was a little bit more good faith all round in the discussion, as in if people had gone, oh my God, he actually thinks this. What a poor man. He sat there thinking this, mm. and we know, we know it's ridiculous. He thinks he's helping, and he's just making it worse. He's not sat there going, I'm going to say something that's going to hurt people. He thinks he's telling the truth. I find that sad. I feel compassion for him as a result. I wish there was also a bit more good faith. Like I say, on Twitter, people will... Will, will twist and and that that one percent and mischaracterize misrepresent that like for example a lot of people were saying he was saying people should burn in hell 
no, he said they will. Yeah. And, and language matters and it's and it's different. And and, and sorry, sorry to go on. There was also I'm not gonna name who it was, but there was one person I just thought was a bit cruel. One person in the rugby world who who tweeted out and sort of said, Oh, blah blah blah, they've pinned their colours to the mast, I'm gonna pin mine to the math to the mast. I'm an atheist, um, blah blah blah, I don't think this and then he says, If you have any evidence for God, ping it over, my DMs are open and then it's just it's a real. You don't change people's minds by behaving like that. I thought it was really like sarcastic and nasty to, and you know, yeah, exactly. You're not going to change a single mind. Like that's exactly where I, where I was getting to. My what my thrust and my point was that you've just made a lot better, a lot more succinctly. Yeah. Uh, will, will he play again though Tim that's, that, that, that's what I want to know yeah I, yeah, yeah, I think he will I do yeah. not care about uh, any of his views I want to see him catching high balls <laughs> yes I'd, I'd, I would like to see him again it would be, be an interesting I, I think France would be the best thing yes France yes. Of, it, Wait. There's, there's an element of when who, and who, it's totally different but there's an element who do you or um, Perpignan well, I was thinking this. There's an element of the uh, the Paddy Jackson, Stuart Alden thing that yeah. I think the best thing for him, if he wants to continue playing, would be to go to France. Yeah. And actually, you know, we might say his views are, are stupid, but you know, he's a very good player. He's not doing it on, doing it on his own by all accounts. So you know, there could be something in it. <laughs> Maybe if you want to catch those high balls, better start praying. Yeah, that, that, that'd be my view. <laughs> Uh, I think I think we've done that to death. Haven't we? No more Israel Flau ever again, please. Unless it's about rugby, or until the next time he posts an Instagram post. Please just unfollow him. Unfollow him. <laughs> Everyone unfollow what? him. Uh, right. And, and, sorry. Sorry. The good faith thing extends that there are actual rugby players who both liked the post and also are real advocates for um, for like gay rugby, for example. Yep. And I I actually know one. I, I actually spoke yeah. spoke, spoke to one of them about it. So yeah. that, that's an absolute statement of fact there, Tim. Yeah. So right. all I'm saying is there's nuance everywhere. Indeed. Right. Not on Twitter. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's, uh, can we talk about Tigers, please? Yeah, Ta- what a game. Tigers. What a banger of a game. It was awesome. Um, of course, we didn't, watch, we didn't watch this live, did we? Because we were b- busy beating up on 50-year-old men. Oh yeah, you guys played, didn't you? Yeah, we played Friday, Friday night vet, vet, uh, Friday night veterans rugby. Uh, it was good fun. Um, it was more; they, they were far more veteran than than we were anticipating them being. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me, and J, me and JB dominated. Truth be told, truth yes. be told, yeah, it's pretty pretty dominating. Um, <laughs> pretty dominating. Uh, yeah, uh, Tigers. Uh, this game was awesome. Absolutely awesome. 
so good. You don't get a game like this if there's uh, no relegation, do you? No, I don't. Still don't know. Don't, still don't know what to do about the relegation thing yet. So I don't think it is. Like work on like France have two really strong divisions. The third division is pretty tidy as well and professional. Well, so just like no, it's decent though. Yeah, but the standard, like the coaching's rubbish. It's not professional, professional. No, no, okay, yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. There's ways you can raise the standards all round, but um, yeah, yeah, Ra- I- raising raising the bottom rather than cutting it off halfway I, it should be the focus and for exactly the reason like we've just had and people have said oh you know the uh, relegation will inhibit the style of rugby look at the way Bristol played look at the way look at the way you, well, both these played. teams played I mean Swansea, yeah, Swansea, them. Oh, sorry Conover just goes around the goes around the edge of the Leicester wing I can't remember who it was like he wasn't there was it um Oliver Feller oh my god Good God. Uh, Vernica Gonover, who is 35 years old 35. as well. <laughs> 35. 35. Uh, he doesn't move like a lot of 35-year-olds. No, Guy Thompson was excellent. Guy Thompson was brilliant, and I thought it was very appropriate for him to get the final turnover. Yeah. Or the, or the final penalty. He is probably the only Leicester player that's come out of this this this, this year with any credit. Oh, no, mate, that's, mate that's I, I don't think he's looked in himself. Pack. In um, the pack, yes. A lot of times. Certainly. I said I don't think he's looked as good as he has done in the past this season. Uh, I, I think just... he's so important for them because he carries, he's dynamic. You know, he just yeah, but you're basing happen. that on the Newcastle game we just saw because no, I agree no. with you and he showed it, but I don't think that has been the case all season. No, I, I think it has. I think he's been doing all right. He, he has, he's had a couple of injuries this year as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they need, been, they been... need a, a carrier, and when he's in the team, he give, he gives them that edge. And I, I tell you, what, I also liked how Newcastle started the game. With um, a, a missed kick, instantly into a penalty. I just thought, like, this sums them up. They're a good team, but just tiny little fine, mistakes. Yeah, fine margins. Yeah. Well, it was an interception for one. Oh, God, that was horrific. And Toby Flood got an absolute beating. All, like, all game. He did. Um, so, it has been said... Um, I saw, I saw people discussing it online and, and stuff, and they're saying that that penalty at the end never gets given unless it's a penalty at the end of the match near a line. Uh, I I do tend to agree with that. I think, uh, well, it depends, because if it's... There's times when that penalty doesn't get given when it should be given, when the team... I'm just trying to get this the right way around in my head. But the team who are currently behind should be getting that penalty if that makes sense. Referees yeah. seem reluctant to give the final penalty when the final penalty will result in a team scoring to win the game. I'm just having a look at the table now. I'm guessing that's Newcastle done pretty much. Yeah, rele- I think relegation's done now, isn't it? What, is it nine points? So there's three games, seven points. There's three seven. games left. Oh, okay, seven so, points, three games. Ugh. So, yeah, because... Worcester, Worcester win a game, it's done. So... This this weekend was so important and so bad for Newcastle Falcons because yeah. obviously Leicester Tigers that was a an eight point or a ten point or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Bristol beating Saracens and Worcester hammering Sale that it has really changed the look of the the bottom four teams. Yeah, I had a feeling this is going to happen to Sale. I had a and, feeling. Well, it, it's funny because a week ago. Sale were talking about top four. Well, they weren't. And we were talking about Worcester as getting dragged into the relegation. Yeah, and now Sale are in eighth position 
only just ahead of Bristol. And uh, well, Dime said last last week. He says he's not. That he doesn't think that they're good enough for fourth. It must be awful to be right. Uh, yes, but he would have been saying that thinking we are going to get top six. God, and yeah. now now top six is well, it's, it's not. It's, 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 oh, it's absolutely possible. Sale got to play Bath. Any any team, including Bristol, through to ninth can get top top six. It would so be good. it would be a challenge it. for Bristol it. to do it, but it is still possible. Just back to the Newcastle one. The um, again, it's sort of linked in with the, the the Tom Young's one last week. A lot of people have said, "How did how did um, Toby Flood getting cleaned out and have to go for a HIA? How wasn't that dealt with with a, with a red card?" It's it's interesting because we are seeing almost identical um, incidents being officiated differently week on week. Which mm. is which is the worst of all worlds. It is in my mind. Right, so the w- one hit on flood was the O'Connor one, and I was looking at that, I was thinking that could be a red. Yeah, that could be a red. A, a different, a different day, a different ref. Um, you know, they've just come off from some sort of directive course or whatever that, that they've been on, and it was head to head, and you, you know, you caused con- concussion because you were reckless. You were reckless because you weren't in control. So uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's a consistency. Uh, but again, I think the one thing we can probably take from last week and this, the, the inconsistency is, is maddening sometimes and as you're scratching your head. But yeah. um, if Toby Flood is forced to be holding his, up his own body weight, which he wasn't, he was flopping yeah, he, he, right. on, on, the ta- on the tackle player, then there's a target and then these will happen less. And this has got to be the, the preventative in this particular instance has got to be the route rather than punitive. How, yeah, do, you mean, I, how do you mean, Tim? So he wasn't. So he wasn't supporting his body weight. He, right. So if you're supporting your body weight, as in you're still jackling for the ball, but your legs are holding you up, there is a bigger target to hit. He. So, so it, should be, it should be penalty to Tigers. Yeah. 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 So, 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 but, but or, the, if, or two penalties. Pre- one to Tigers. One to punitive. Get, or, or if if there's yeah, penalise first. It, it all happens in a snaps in a second. It's it's really hard. Yeah, and and I think actually in this incident, I don't think Flood was trying to. I don't think he flopped to try and steal or slow down the ball. I think he flopped because he saw three men coming at them and thought, if I if I try and stay on my feet here, I'm going to blow a knee out or I'm going to have a massive horrendous injury. It is so, so dangerous. So I, I think I think Flood found himself at the wrong place at the wrong time. It might be one of the most. I mean, you're so you're so vulnerable, and you can't see what's happening. That's the thing. So you know you're going to get hit by some absolute animals, and you don't know when it's coming. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But yeah, penalty to a penalty to Tigers but, would have prevented that. Yeah, and if if we we have been saying this for a little while, but if the jackal is officiated slightly better, so refs are really clear and strict that anyone not fully supporting the body weight. It will be an immediate penalty against them. Mm. It could cut it out. I think that's where you're going, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, exactly, precisely. But uh, such a tense game, um, and uh, yeah, I, you can't help thinking with the way that the games have gone. That basically, relegation is now not the not the big debate. The debate is in the middle of the table. Uh, yeah, what for sixth? The battle for sixth. The battle and, for fourth. And, and top four and fourth. Yeah. Fourth and fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. Oh God! I was I just realised that Wasps are fifth. I thought Northampton would have been fifth. So Wasps. No. So Northampton got a very good win away at Harlequins, which again, yeah, again, dense, dense Quinn's chances of top four. Although they're still in in the box seat, 
but Wasps win away at Exeter. So, Tim, you were at this game. Yeah. I've I've not seen anything. So, can you talk us through it? Absolutely. Well, yeah. Wasps were like wasps. They were depending with that was depending defending with real urgency. They uh, their defense has been a shambles all season, but they look they, they just seem tough. And a fair play, Brad Shields was, was was a big part of that. He was very good. Um, Nathan Hughes, Die Young spoke very honestly uh, after last week's win against Worcester, and he said that he had to. I can't remember whether it's a kick up the backside or poke in the eye. He said, sometimes you need to pat players on the back. Sometimes you need to poke them in the eye. And I needed to poke Nathan in the eye and tell him, you're not not playing well enough. This is not good enough. Pull your socks up. I mean... Yeah, that is uh, an innovative solution to make someone play play better. Good poke in the eye. <laughs> kick at the backside. I can, I can see that working. Well, yeah, poke in the eye. Maybe pepper spray. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah a bit of, quick bit. Of, yeah, why not? So I'm just but, look, I'm just looking at the stats. Uh, he, he was immense. So the Wasps back row defensively. Uh, Brad Shields, 23 tackles, missed none. Uh, Nazim Carr, 27 tackles, missed one, and Nathan Hughes, 20 tackles. So all three of their That's starting back row shift. have made more than 20 tackles. Yeah, they were huge. They were huge. Nathan Hughes with the ball was destructive. Uh, it was it was immense. And Joe Simpson was yeah, he was so good. I couldn't believe how good he was. So Joe Simpson was, I think I'm right in saying this. So 21 tackles, which is the most for a scrum half in the Premiership. Is that right? Yeah. God. Yeah, that's some... Quite... So, hmm, they're a funny one, Wasps. I mean... <laughs> it's a funny one because you don't like them. Uh, it's not they don't like them. Oh! <laughs> Let's Sorry. not talk about Wasps uh, uh, rugby. Let the FCA investigation... And the salary cap breaches first. <laughs> no, let's talk positive. Talk positive. Oh, I, I actually in the in the pre-match interview, I just I, I had to sort of de- decision to make. Do I bring up the financial stuff with Die Young because it's a big story in the game? And I just actually went, no, no, that will come out in the fullness of time. I, I, I wanted to make it all about the rugby, and if we keep it all on the rugby, that was I, I've never. Die Young looked so proud and so happy at the end of it and rightly so as well because he, he has been shorn of some big players for a lot of the season yeah had rotten luck and they've still got some big players out Jimmy Gopeth what he said will come back the next game FY have that one for fancy rugby draft <laughs> play, no, playoff positions and um, yeah and, and they've still got Tommy Taylor and a couple of others out but when they're big guns Vili LaRue looked a bit more like himself he's been awful this year Compared to how he can be. So. How how was Sopoanga? Because obviously he's only had a, a couple of games back now. Yeah, and he looked like he picked up a knock in the first half and kind of shook it off. And no, he, he he did really well. It was just they really knocked Exeter off of Exeter's game, which is tough to do. Their That's first an... ever win at Sandy Park. When was last time? Wow, wow. When was last time Exeter lost at Sandy Park? Four, uh, Fourteen months ago in the league. In the league. Bloody it might, be, it might be in, might be in any was, game, was actually, the, but for was, 14 months. Yeah, was that the Worcester game? Yeah. Wow. What is the best... Is, is, is Ty, do Tigers have the best record record at home? Not no. this year, but all the time. Year. They had a stretch of like two and a half years of not being beaten at home. Yeah, and that then, rings a bell. And then they got beat by London Irish. I remember that one, yeah. Yeah. First, first time London Irish beat them in 17 years in Welford Road or something ridiculous, yeah. or maybe ever. Oh, yeah, we had Jeb Sinclair on the phone after that. Yeah, we did. 
So yeah, that's very, very impressive win for Wasps. And it does, it moves them. So they are ahead of uh, Northampton Saints. So right now, Quinn's, Quinn's in fourth. Gloucester in third, who look like, well, they have secured third. Saracens obviously lost to Bristol in second. And Exeter on 77 points, so nine points ahead, even in spite of that loss in first place. Mm. Are you always at the Gloucester game, yeah, Tim? Yeah, I was, yeah. Amazing. Tell us about that after telling everyone about Akuma rugby shirts. Please, go. We have Egg Chasers Akuma rugby shirts, which you can see pinned on our Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash rugby podcast. They are, well, we've got match fit shirts, we've got casual shirts, whatever you want, uh, you can, uh, we can get some stash on us. Um, from? Akuma rugby shops. Ak- akumashops.com slash egg chasers. Yeah. That's Akuma shops.com slash egg chasers and uh, yeah you can look like uh, one of our army of fans and they are an army because these things are going very very quickly yes they are uh, also I did get um, a message earlier from friend of the pod Steve Parrott who on match days runs the Exeter yeah. Chiefs uh, Twitter account in, in very humorous fashion as well I mm-hmm. might add uh, and he said um, when you're mentioning Cornerstone can I just say the one thing I really like about those razors because Steve has one of course is is, he said, but it's something you don't mention. It's the fact you can stand them upright mm. on their base. This is true. This, this is a very a good point. Yeah. He said, it sounds minor, but it really appeals to his neat and tidy mind. So, yes, Cornerstone Razors, because you listen to us, you get a great offer on a incredible German precision-engineered razor. Uh, and because you listen to us, you get a free aluminium engraved shaft. Get your initials on it so everyone knows it's yours. Stand it on its end. On the on the shelf in your bathroom, as Steve says, and uh, you can get that with your cartridge of six razors with no obligation. But we think you'll love it and want to continue for just four quid because yeah. you listen to us. Four quid for a free engraved shaft razors delivered to you in a presentation box. Cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers. That's www.cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers. Wonderful stuff, Tim. Wonderful stuff. You know, yes. Um, yeah, Bath. This, I, I watched this game, watched the whole thing uh, in the airport on, on, on catch-up. This looked awesome, mate. So good. I mean, the... Just, before we talk about the rugby, talk about the atmosphere at King's Home. I was just about to say, King's Home, when it's full, there's no better atmosphere in English rugby. There's others which come very, very close or rival it, but... That shed, the noise that comes out of that place is amazing. You know, I was thinking today when I was watching this game, I was like, I think this is my favourite fixture of the year. Bath away at Gloucester. Yeah. And you know, Bath have had a really good run there. And I know from when um, from when Nick, my brother, played um, at Bath, he said he used to love playing at King's Home so much. The, the, the stick you get from the, from the shed. And he, he absolutely loved it. And I think it does bring the best out of Bath. Which yeah. it did, particularly in that first twenty minutes, they were immense. Yeah, so they they scored two early tries, didn't they, to take to make a, quite a handsome lead. Yeah, and had a chance at a third, um, and, and they had a penalty kick. Freddie Burns was just running the show. He really 70, was seventeen nil up. Freddie Burns looked like Danny Cipriani at times. <laughs> That's how yeah. good he was. Uh, that this, Rodri McConaughey, this guy's a class act. He's, everything he seems to do is spot on. Yeah, what a find. Isn't he dressed? When, when you think you've got Anthony Watson and Rock and Nguni out. Yeah. Anthony Watson, by the way, was doing the team warm-up 
Um, so he is going to be back soon. Although I'll tell you what, his left calf I've oh. ne- it, it was so, the, the difference in size. It was less than half the size. His left calf, really? his right calf. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because mm, it's, it's been Achilles issues, hasn't it? Yeah. So he's obviously not been able to do anything on his left leg. It was it was like it was like two different legs from two different people. That's, that's interesting because normally, if at the end of these kind of injuries, you're you're the injured part normally ends up actually stronger because you do so much rehab and, and so much kind of prep work. Um, what was his injury exactly? Snapped Achilles. Achilles yeah. Ugh, uh, yeah. One of the worst, and, and he's so snapped. I think he had surgery on it. He then was doing a photo shoot or a, um, some advertising shoot for some NFL thing and, yes, and re right. snapped it. For the, he was so, working for the NFL? Yeah, I think it was the NFL coming to the UK. There was some crossover piece and he was just doing a photo shoot, doing nothing really, and it re snapped. Oh. So NFL's interesting. There's a few injuries in NFL which just popped to mind, which are completely random. So we're talking of uh, ran, random NFL injuries. Ever heard of Orlando Brown? Uh, I'm not an NFL guy. Tim, have you ever heard of Orlando Brown? Uh, no. He was well, hit- well, yeah, I'm, well, I don't know. Anyway. He was a huge lineman for, for the Browns. He was hit in the face and partly blinded by one, by, by, by one of the penalty flags. Oh, what? Wow. What? Yeah, do you a hear penalty the, flag? Do you hear the, they, they threw penalty flags. Just like a little piece of cloth. Yeah, he was hit. It went through his, through his helmet, hit his eye, partly blinded, had to get paid pay, pay off by the Browns. Another oh, one... Uh, left tackle Jason Peters, I think it's Jason Peters, for the Eagles, fell off a mobility scooter. Out for the season. <laughs> Why was he in a mobility scooter? Because he's recovering from injury, so he's ah, okay. using a mobility scooter oh, to get like, around, and like, he fell off the thing he was there to help him with. He, I think he sued the, ma- sued the manufacturer. That's what uh, Ellis Gendry was doing last summer. Oh, yeah, he had his he mobility, was on a scooter, mobility scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Two random, random injuries. Oh, speaking. Of, you mentioned NFL. Let's just very quickly. Um, we haven't had a podcast since Christian Wade was assigned to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, let's just see how it pans out. I, it, everyone's acting like this is it is a big achievement. It's a huge achievement. Let's not downplay it. But he's still a long way away from playing an NFL game. Let's put it that way. So, because I don't know NFL has he signed yeah. as like a training squad or a practice squad I think yeah. so. Well, well, so well the first part of that is yes so there is a 53 man roster that's the team that goes out on match days on Sunday there's a, there's 10 more players that are in a practice squad there's sometimes have an injury reserve list as well now when you're on a practice squad um, you can be picked by any other team to go into a 53 man roster on another team okay um, but Christian Wade is on the international player pathway where they have four spots every year which are funded by the centrally by the NFL uh, four spots for guys to be assigned to teams as an extra practice squad member so whereas most teams have 10 players on their practice squad the Buffalo Bills have an 11th spot which they don't have to pay for out of their salary cap now I'm not saying that Christian Wade had any visions of what the NFL was going to be like or you know really thought well I'm sure when he thought it through, he was thinking maybe, you know, maybe the LA Chargers or maybe the Miami Dolphins and palm trees and beaches. The Bills, I don't think, would have been high up on his um, on his list. No, there were four teams that he could have gone to. One of them was the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
One of them was the Miami Dolphins. Oh. So he had, he had a 50% chance of being in Florida. Devastated. <laughs> he ended up in Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo it is then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but basically, there's a lot of people saying, and I don't want to demean the accomplishment of what he's managed to do to even to even be someone that's gone through the pathway program is is pretty special. But there's a lot of people saying he's been signed by the Buffalo Bills. That makes it sound like Buffalo Bills had their choice of everyone that's coming out of college that's a free agent, and they pick Christian Wade. No, they've been assigned Christian Wade. He's uh, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet I wouldn't bet any money on him playing in the NFL. If he does. It will be truly remarkable. Yeah, I'm sure we did speak about this actually. I'm sure we spoke about the position. Yeah, we did. Um, just he's in a really difficult position, as in the position he wants to play running back, which is what I assume he's going to be. Um, just so competitive. Good looks. And, the, and, and these are guys that can run uh, like ten second hundred meters, and they're. 18 stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they are, oh, yeah, they're, they're unbelievable. They are unbelievable. Um, but that, you know, that's a really good summary of what happened at Gloucester and Bath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we yeah. nailed Gloucester and Bath. Well, well the, the, the main summary of what happened at Gloucester and Bath is, well, no, it's, it wouldn't, it would be, it would be unfair to the rest of the team, but, um, Sippers, again. Now, Come I. On. Are you on the fan, are you, are you in the fan club? I always have been in the fan club, but here's, here's maybe what I was... So I was struck as I interviewed him for the, the, the Man of the Match chat afterwards. In the back of my head, I was thinking, I'm going to have to eat humble pie on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. as, as he was talking, because I remember having that same thought in the same way that when you were pepper sprayed. <laughs> you were going, Great story. I was thinking, I'm going to have to say this on the podcast. Because I was, I was so impressed by him as a man the way he spoke, the, the 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 unselfishness and the generosity with which he spoke about his teammates and about the organisation and everything else. I thought, actually, the, the issues that I've always had with Sippers is, and used to make me think, maybe he shouldn't be in the England squad. Oh, no, not, not he shouldn't be. I'm happy if he's not in the England squad because he's just going to cause issues. I actually think he's a different man now. Agreed. Did you float the idea of the Sip Mitts? The, um, the... <laughs> Sips stick mitts. Yeah, sip. Yeah, and, and, and I think it was sip mitts in the end. Tip, no, wasn't it tip? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, how on? Were they tippers? Tips, tippers. Yeah. yeah, tippers. So you go from tippers, the slip mitts. The, 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 talking about the like the the thimble yeah. bits that go on the end of your fingers. Stick mitt. Yeah, it, it's a it's a training and um, it's a training <laughs> and playing hand system. Yeah, and it's graduated from very slippy to oh no, from very sticky to very slippy. So yeah. you get better and better and better. So if you don't if you don't don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> we were thinking of player businesses. And the business for sippers would be you wear gloves because he's so good at catching the ball he needs an extra challenge. So it makes the ball slipperier. So you, you can't catch it. And you train with them. And then during the game you replace the slippy gloves with sticky thimbles, and then you should have an exponential Increase in in your skill level. <laughs> absolutely, right? absolutely. But and th- didn't this well, come because well he was wearing tape on the ends of his fingers? Who was? Someone was wearing someone tape. Someone was. Yeah. Someone was. It was Hastings. Less. Adam Hastings. Yes, it was. Adam Hastings. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I also think uh, Gloucester fans now. I I would like them to start wearing golden wristbands. <laughs> Platinum wristbands. <laughs> yeah. And then when he scores, you've got a shake. Um, d- 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 like, there should be a celebration where they all shake their wrists in, in, in the air. Yeah. Oh, no, put, put the wrists in front of them like they're being handcuffed. Oh, even better. <laughs> Golden wrist. Incorrect. Platinum. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. If, if I if I become a, a Gloucester fan, I'm going to buy some golden wrists. <laughs> if you become a Gloucester, yeah, fan. I might become a Gloucester <laughs> fan now just so I can wear my gold, <laughs> the golden wrists. He can't do any more. Uh, but of course, Cocker's Law. Who who would he re- be replaced? Who would he replace in the England squad? All of them. Oh, every one All of them. them. Ford and Farrell, go. I I would be okay having three tens in the the squad. Uh, he needs to because, be the man, I think. Yeah, he's, I not, think he's, he's not going to be the man. He should be though. That's that would be my contention. Uh, yeah, but he was ace. He is ace, though, isn't he? He's so good. He's very very good. Well, just look at the difference between Gloucester and Wasps, and that's not to put it all down to there's various there's a, there's a whole number of different reasons, but there's definitely a correlation. And correlation doesn't always equal causation, but I think to some degree it definitely does. Uh, <laughs> yes. on, on this occasion. So, any idea how they're going to get Danny Cipriani paid for for next year and the year after that? Has, has this sort of made sense to anyone? Or uh, are they just going to sort of cross this bridge when they come to it? What do you mean? Well, he's signed a new deal. Yeah. He's probably playing playing at the moment for below market value because of, you know, World Cup year. Yeah. He's staying in England. Gloucester know they're going to have to pay him a lot of money, I well, assume. Well, he's signed an extension now. Yeah, exactly. So how are they going to fund that? Someone's going to have to be leaving in the summer to fund that. Yeah, there'll be a few ins and outs. I've not got it in front of me, but there's, there's a list of ins and outs going on. So, Yeah, and you know, it's an expensive squad. It looks like a damn good squad too. Mm. It is a very good, very good squad. Their South African forwards are gnarly. They are, aren't they? Mostart's a beast. Yeah. So there's four players leaving uh, listed this year. So Paddy McAllister going to Connacht. Yeah. Ben Velicott is going to Wasps. Yep. Tom Savage is going to Japan. Is he? And Denman is has left or is leaving to, to Coventry. Is that nearly Danny Cipriani's money there? If you put all four together, maybe. Mm, maybe. Get and, the, and their signings, actually. The only guy they've brought in is Jamal Ford Robinson. Great player. And they've promoted... Great guy. Half a dozen players from their their academy. Oh, and sorry, they are also bringing uh, Joe Simpson in. Yes. In the the swap deal for Velicott. Yeah, they're going to have to do some more business, I I think, before they uh, can get under that cap. That would be my... Mm. That'd be my guess. I I don't know. Oh, Billy Vanapola's just put out a... uh... Yeah. Oh God. Go well, on. So there was a statement of earlier today from both. Billy oh, okay. Well, we can, we can probably deal with that off the back of the Bristol game in a bit. Just bri- very briefly. Nothing major to see here. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Flow. It just popped up on my timeline. No, I, I think the, the most important thing from that is that uh, he's there's no further charge from Wasps. Uh, from Wasps from Saracens. Saracens have spoke with him at length. They've issued him a warning, and the matter finishes there. Which. Yeah. I think he's right. Good. Um, Gloucester, they, I think they can win the Premiership. The whole thing. So they'd have to beat Saracens away? Uh, yep. Happy with that? Or extra away? Or extra away. No, it'll be, no, going to be Saracens. They, oh, they are Saracens, okay. yeah. Um, well, they certainly don't fear. So that they would prefer that as well, because Saracens, there is a chance that Saracens will be fighting a... Well, there's a good chance that Saracens will be fighting a... Uh, Champions Cup yeah. semi-final and final in the run-up to uh, this game. So, well, final anyway. Final, yes, in yeah. the, in the playoffs. I mean, they've got a lot of forward power. Yeah. Their backs are super exciting. Oh, imagine Sippers uh, doing one on uh, on Farrell. Imagine that they did that. They, put, they did that at the weekend without Jason Woodward, without Ollie Thorley. Uh, they thought, thought he, I thought Thorley played. No, no, no. he's injured. Oh. Not available for selection. 
Who was the winger? Oh, see, was it Tom Seabrook the winger then? Yeah. Who, 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 by the way, was it, fair play, the, the, the Gloucester groundsman deserves a bit of credit for making a slightly wavy line that Tom Seabrook went in on. Perfect. <laughs> Ideal. What was I saying? Gloucester could win it. Okay, um... Oh. Right, okay, fine. Uh, I think we have done Gloucester, and Gloucester now will we'll, we'll, we'll win the Premiership. That's the end of that. Um, <laughs> good! Good, sorted. Uh, last one, then. Uh, should we talk about the, the Bristol game? This, this looks pretty impressive. Let's not talk about Sale, because I can't remember what happened. <laughs> you blacked it out. Uh, I, I, I didn't see the game. I can't really I comment on it. I did notice on your Rugby Dungeon discussion, you used we. Yes, several times. Sale again. I don't... I can't imagine I would have done that. <laughs> Multiple times. Nope. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> I think I might have meant we, as in, like, you know, sometimes I might work there or something. You know, at that point, it is okay for me to say we. But, I, you know, as you well know, I'm a neutral. Um, <laughs> <sighs> you know... No, forget it. Um, let's do Bristol. Well, Worcester fans will not be happy about that. They... They are well. I said, you know, uh, we had a caller who supports Worcester, and I said this is basically the best Worcester team they've had in about ten years. It's a damn good team. I think Solomon's has done a good job. Uh, this always worried me this game, and I think the Worcester could potentially do this to anyone. I love so, Sam Lewis. He's yeah, had a yeah. great season. It, yeah, I mean they're just good, aren't they? They're, they're well drilled. They know what they're doing. Uh, stay but, up. They're going to stay. Well, they haven't, but they are, they are going to stay up. It is looking ever more likely. Bottom, I mean, the bottom three teams are so good. That's the thing. You can feel, you really feel the salary cap biting now because you can't just spend your way out of money. You've got to be better than that. You can't just have a good squad. You need good squad, good coaching, good systems, good facility. You need everything. Yeah. And uh, that's why you've got teams with the quality of Worcester Warriors, Newcastle Falcons and Leicester Tigers fight, uh, fighting uh, out. One little stat that I um, I used on, on, on BT at the weekend. I was just having my breakfast and I just sort of totted it up as I was going through the team sheets for Exeter. Exeter had, in their matchday squad at the weekend, just gone 20 out of the 23-man squad have only ever played Premiership Rugby for Exeter Chiefs. Wow. Awesome. Lovely. Which which is an indication, when you sort of dig into what that means, it means, one, they had nine academy players in the matchday squad, so that there's one great thing that you can do to help yourself, and Saracens have demonstrated that as well, and, and the clubs that New- Northampton this season have, have really made that something that's a string on their bow the second one is they pick up really really good quality players from below premiership level harry williams alec hepburn mm. um and there's and there's a number more one from rgc actually he was the guy from rgc second right, lonsdale. big second rower L- lonsdale lonsdale sean lonsdale? sean lonsdale yeah they got him from rgc anyway so they they pick up they they, they identify players from outside the premiership and thirdly is they create an environment where people don't want to go. When you actually look at the Newcastle side, they're doing some of those things, but a lot of those players are, I don't want to denigrate them by saying it, but journeymen. Yeah, uh, Newcastle, it's weird. They they do sort of get a hometown discount. So one of the things they think of is trying to get players who used to come from the region back back up there because they think they can get them for slightly less to, to come home. But there's just not that, that many lads have come from Newcastle, truth be told. So uh, yeah, they have had to supplement, and you are right. You know, it does it does make a difference. But it, it is it's journeymen who ninety five percent of those journeymen got them top four last year. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's some, not, actually, you the, know what, Phil, fi- thank you for pointing that out. You're yeah. absolutely right. The <laughs> fine margins between them finishing top four last year yeah, and you're right, probably you're right. getting relegated this year. And um, would massive. you want to go to war without Gonover, 
Takalua, Sonotti, Sonotti. Mullapola, well, maybe not Mullapola so much, but... Um, Mark, Rodney yeah, or you? Mark Wilson, I would go to war with Mark Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Rodney or you? Rodney or you? Anyone want to say anything about him? Uh, he's a big oh, boy. Oh, what a player he was. Wrecking ball. <laughs> I thought he was why, rubbish. Why, why didn't Ulster keep hold of him? Uh, I don't know. I thought he was. He, I, I thought he wasn't very good. I thought that's why yeah. he was let go. Well, yeah, he's just a big boy. Just big boy, not an amazing scrimmager. Not a... He, he never did anything really. Well, he did. He, he did something on Friday. Yeah. He's all, uh, he, he, yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, <laughs> are, we, are we are we running out of energy and enthusiasm? I'm, I'm, at this I'm end? so so. Yeah, I'm so running out of energy. Uh, that, Quick, Phil, pepper spray him. Get his energy back up. Come on. <laughs> I am I am feeling like I've not had very much sleep for two days and a lot of booze. Yeah. Tell me. Yes. Yeah. Go on. Harlequins are going to drop out the top four, right? That was four defeats in a row for them now. Yeah. And if they do... In all competitions, it's going to be five defeats in a row because they'll probably lose to Claremont this weekend. Yes. Yeah. A bit of a hiding there. Northampton, to me, are the team that look like their top four material. Not well, you can say that about any of them one week to the next. Yeah, no, exactly. Great. I think Who I knows? said this last week. I just like how they're playing and how they're going about their business. They're so positive with, with how they play. The problem, Northampton... Their pack is not strong enough to mix it in the top four. So if they get in, if they do get into the top four, they will comfortably get beaten up by by either of the so Gloucester, Saracen, Exeter. They are probably the best three packs in the league. They are, but the thing is with Northampton, they score a lot of points. We we saw a couple of weeks ago when they played Gloucester, they were bullied up front. Yeah. So if you if you can't get Hutchin, Hutchinson and Furbank. And Collins and all the rest of their exciting outside backs. If you can't get them ball, there's no point having them there. Um, who would you rather see beat Owen Farrell in the final? Danny Cipriani or Dan Bigger? <laughs> um, Gareth Steenson. Gareth Steenson, yes. And Simmons. Yeah. Which, which one's him? Um... Sippers, it would just make for a great story, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think the Sippers storyline is better than better than the bigger storyline. Yeah, yeah. Um, being being topical, if Sippers was a Game of Thrones character, ooh, which one would he be? Would he be that um, urine Greyjoy, massive, like real confident swagger? Yeah, that's a good one. That mm. is a good one. So, 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 so no, Game no, of Thrones, no spoilers, all... please, because we've not caught up yet on Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, 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 no spoilers, obviously. No, 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 no. Yeah, so the thing about Game of Thrones is all the characters are so horribly flawed. Like, if you say, oh, I'd like to be that one, and then you look at it, oh, yeah, Jamie Lannister, yeah, he does have his family issues, though. So you <laughs> can't just, you know, But, like, like early doors, Jamie Lannister. Yeah. He's, I, I'm a big fan of Jamie Lannister. Huge, huge fan of early doors. He's just, he's such a schoolboy bully. And he he literally has a golden wrist. And that, yeah. I, d- <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> there, we there we go. It's done. Whereas I think Owen Farrell's more—he's like Ned Stark, isn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I, definitely. Abrasive, northern, um, tough. He'll like make self-sacrifice. Um, so one thing you you said: who do you prefer to beat? Owen Farrell in the final sippers or bigger you've missed you've missed the obvious one that fits into your narrative perfectly who's that? Marcus Smith 
to become oh, to, take, to take the throne six months out from the World Cup. Oh, that'd be good as well. <laughs> oh, the options, the options are endless. God, there's some good tens in the Premiership. There's a few handy ones. There is, isn't there? And one, one who's not coming to the Premiership has been signed today in the worst signing video I have ever seen. <laughs> is this? Have you not seen the Gareth Anscombe? Oh, yes, he has been signed. He's been signed by Ospreys. Ospreys, the, the, the side that weren't going to be existing a month ago. Yes. How how does Welsh rugby work? I will never... <laughs> if you want to know why we don't talk about Welsh rugby, it's because we don't understand it. Have you... Uh, what... It is more complex than Game of Thrones. It's for... It, yeah. Yes. Watch, um, watch the... If you haven't seen it already, watch the signing video. Uh, you might have to kind of cover your eyes a little bit because it's pretty brutally awful. When was it announced? Today, this afternoon. How have they done that? Don't know. No, I don't either. Tim, well, any, anything to add about how we don't know about anything about the Ospreys? Uh, n- nothing about that, but if, if someone wanted to make a spoof Game of Thrones video for uh, the opening credits, but just flying <laughs> around Wales to different regions, <laughs> try, trying to work that patchwork out. What's going, so RGC is now not a thing, and the Ospreys what? are still a thing. What is this? It was a done deal. Do you remember the no, WhatsApp no, messages no. that everyone was looking at? It was a yeah. done deal. So, here we go. The opening of this video. They're in an ambulance. Turn up a bit. There we go. They're in an ambulance, okay. Notice, do not disturb. Blood transfusion in progress. Okay, so all I've seen now is like is a cheap version of Casualty. Ozzy the Osprey is, is the nurse. Or oh, doctor. no. And, uh, oh no! Yeah, uh, nothing's really happening. Of any, oh, there's some wiggling feet. They're putting on some gloves. This is really quite boring. Yeah, uh, black blood is being a. Ooh, this is quite grim. There's some black blood. There's a tiny arm. There's a tiny arm being um being uh, used for uh, the blood transfusion. There's some sinister music. Jay, <laughs> it's a two-minute video. You don't need to na- narrate the whole two-minute video. They take all the blue blood out of him and they put the black blood in and then Gareth and Anscombe signs. There you go. Oh, that's, that's awful. <laughs> that is one of the worst things I have ever seen. That is that is awful. Correct. How, however, go and have a look. At, and please, Phil, can you get it on your phone or someone get it on your phone? The, the, the end of the commentary, because we've played BBC Bristol before. Uh, the, BBC, the BBC Bristol commentary at the end of their game against Saracens. Oh, I, I'm, I am going to struggle because all my devices need charging. Uh, I think I'm going to struggle here. Uh, yeah, this is far beyond my technical capability. All right, I'm going to B- try. BBC I'm Radio on. Bristol, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think Bristol Rugby put it on their Twitter account. Roger that. We got sent. We got. I got sent a link to it as well. But it's uh, it's very good. So one of the guys oh, who was it I think they were writing in the, maybe Stuart Barnes was writing in the Times this week about how tens need more protection uh, do you guys have, have any thoughts on this and do you think actually can you just respond to my thought rather than asking if you've got any thoughts um, do any of you think that we're going too far down the road of protecting tens because the more valuable that's actually what we don't want we don't want them to be too valuable oh, okay, I, found, I found it if you want it hold yeah. on yeah, just answer this first, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do we want them to be that valuable? Like, so is, is that not a bad idea? So 
they are valuable because of what they do. Yeah. I don't think... Well, they are not protected. As in, there, there are no different rules for tens to anyone else, and I don't. And nor do I think there should be. Exactly right, exactly right. And that's not in the laws of the game, anyway. There are there are things that when a... Like when, when Johnny Sexton gets smashed by someone, quite often the players will be more likely to get a yellow card than if they smashed a different player slightly high. Yeah. I was, no, that's, how it, that's how it appears, anyway. Yeah, so I don't think... But, I, I think but it's a dreadful no, idea. Obviously. I think that the idea of making one rule for one set of players and then... Yeah. And also... That, that, it's never going to happen. That that won't happen. No, but of course it won't. The, but the point would be... Well, the point I'm, I'm trying to make is if they're that important now, if you change the, if you change a, a law or you officiate them differently, they become more important. It's like a self-perpetuating yeah. cycle. Yeah. I, was, I see what you're saying there, yeah. Yeah, that is... It's not going to happen, though. Mm. Have, you, have, have, you, have you got that clip, Tim? Yeah, have a listen. The clock says zero. Madigan needs to be composed. The Irishman who's played at the highest Boys level. On the sticks. Now, <laughs> so it's that same thing again. We've just one bloke commentating, another bloke just <laughs> chatting when he wants about what he wants, completely separately. Has got a chance. I also like the fact he called him the Irish bloke. <laughs> To win this game for Bristol with the final kick of the game. It's right in the middle of the post. I said it was getting exciting, Joe. Right? Pressure, mate. Never know what I happened. said you needed something to shout about, Joe. I mean, we've I got something. That time is coming. Well, I can't watch this. Andy, you're going to have to watch this, mate. Mamadigan <laughs> with the penalty, which surely will win this game for Bristol. I'm looking at the bench now and no one's watching. Currently, Reyes <laughs> 20. Saracens 21, Ian Madigan, centre field position directly in front of the post, 33 metres out. That familiar pose, bent almost 90 degrees from the hips, comes up, kicks right footed. He kicks it. Yes! 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 Come on! Yes! Wow! Bristol. It Ian Madigan seals up. It is one of the least professional but most entertaining bits of broadcasting every time Lo- these local parochial stations do rugby. I love it. Absolutely love it. That is brilliant. That is out. Hey, one of these days, do you fancy, in fact, maybe next Friday if you're not working, do you fancy recording us doing commentary for a sale game, maybe sale bath? I've got all the microphones and kit. We could just do that, basically. And put it to the pictures. Yeah. Um, afterwards, when... So we can finally get JB going, being the guy going. I can't watch. I can't watch. <laughs> I'm too nervous. <laughs> That'd be good fun. I'm, I'm working at that match though, so I can't do that. But well, you don't do anything during the game, Tim. Wow, well, I'm, I'm absorbing the match. Yeah, and... preparation. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, we'll talk about it again. Yes. yes. Right. Any other business? Can I? Uh, can John I go Barkley to bed? Calling the Edinburgh performance shit. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Who? <laughs> John Barkley was was like uh, was they, they were they it was Ross Ford's last home game, and John Barkley came out and said, "What a guy Ross Ford is." However, um, that was we were shit for his last game. <laughs> tough, tough. I like the honesty of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Before we go then from Scottish rugby, Johnny Gray's performance. Anyone? Was it Richie Gray? Oh yeah, forty-three tackles. That is an that is enormous. Yes. Um. Oh, the, another another bit of business. Jack Knowles Red Bull scrum cap. I've not seen it. He has a red. He had a Red Bull branded scrum cap. Oh, did he? Yes. 
Is that allowed? Does, yeah, does that contravene advertising rules? Well, clearly not. Now, sometimes you see players with bits of tape over the branding on their scrum cap. And whilst a lot of people have sort of assumed that that means you're not allowed to have the branding, look at Maru Itoji, he, he has his Adidas one and other players have theirs. <clears throat> I was actually assuming that players putting tape over their scrum cap thing was that they were they they hadn't got a sponsorship deal so they were not giving anyone free advertising until they got paid to ah. show the badge. I, I think that might be the way round it is because as I say Marutoji has his Adidas one. I always assumed it's because they were sponsored by tape man- manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, clearly you are allowed to have um sponsored scrum caps Jack Nolby in the first. So where else is this going to go in rugby? The what, end of the wedge. What other what other adverts are they going to be on well, on bits of kit? I, it, it feels a bit dodgy to me, but then, as I say, Maru Itoji's doing it with Adidas. Why shouldn't Jack Noll do it with Red Bull? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I can't think of what else you can really do it with. I mean, obviously, Under Armour, they were very... Under Armour was so clever because their little thing like, stuck up a bit, like the little polo neck. Yeah. So you could always see the Under Armour. Yeah. Footballers went through snoods, but I can see that being an absolute <laughs> disaster in rugby. <laughs> that... They you can imagine if football. Jack Noll tried to do that at the World Cup, I think World Rugby might have an issue. Oh, 100%. He wouldn't get away with that. Yeah. No. Um, he, th- there was a running brand that, that made the first under like base layer. Do you remember that? And they had like a stripe down like down the arms. Oh, that rings a bell. Stephen, Stephen Jones used to wear it. God, like Navy. Like a long time ago, this. Long, this long. 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I, I do. I can't. Remember, I can't think of anything else you'd wear. You're not allowed to wear tights to play. Cycling shorts. The the Gloucester backline branded. Cycling yeah, that, I mean, shorts. there's obviously a deal going that on, on there with someone. <laughs> well, the, the one thing is, what brands would work really well on a scrum cap? <laughs> right. Let's wrap, let, let's wrap this sorry pod up. Let me go to bed, please. Uh, so, but I'd like some suggestions for uh, rugby branding and what what could go on a scrum cap that would work really well. Like, um, could you have? I don't know. What, what could you use it for that would be on a head? I don't know. I, I can't. My brain doesn't work either. Head and there's, shoulders? There's, 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 sorry? Head and shoulders? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah, you have to do it, I guess, so you have a scrum cap, but it exposes at least a section of your hair, and then you've got, you know, um, literally a shop window for hair products. <laughs> a very, very <laughs> small niche shop window for, for yeah. hair products. That would be, that, be my obvious one. Outside of that, I don't know. No, but anyway, anyway. Suggestions uh, on boys, you need to go and become human again. Yes, yes. Right. So if you do have um, some suggestions for us about, you know, actually suggestions on how we podcast better, um, <laughs> or no, just, don't, don't go drinking in Prague for two days and getting pepper sprayed in the face. Yeah, yeah. There is that. Just to give you an idea of how spicy pepper spray is. <laughs> um, my good friend Steve Elliott. I was in a bar, and he bit my ear. Steve likes chilli. He scrubs himself as a bit of a pepperhead. His mouth was burning. <laughs> and this was like a day afterwards. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. Right, Mate, find us uh, on Twitter. I'm at jbeardmore, Tim's at Cocker, Phil's lurking in your DMs, or our own Twitter account, which is at Rugby Podcast. We're also on, uh, on YouTube, we've got a Facebook uh, account thing. Do all those things, find us, follow us, engage in the conversation, and that's it. And we'll see you with a normal podcast of our usual high standards uh, next next Sunday, when we'll have all the action from the European games. 
So until then, from me, Tim, and Phil, goodbye. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.